Good evening, guys, and welcome to another Bible study here at Calvary Chapel, Birmingham. We're going to continue our meander through John chapter 14 this evening. And specifically, we're going to focus on verse 15. But before we get into the text, let's have a word of prayer and ask the Lord to be with us this evening. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your love towards us in Jesus Christ. Thank you that we are forgiven, that we are your children, and that we can approach you, Lord, with confidence, knowing that through Christ we are um, born again. Through Christ we are cleansed of our sin, and through Christ we are your children. Help us, Lord, to understand what your word says this evening. Help us, Lord, to be challenged as we read it, to apply it to our lives, and help us, Lord, to give you all the praise and the honour and the glory this evening. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, John chapter 14, verse 15 says, If you love me, obey my commandments. As we've gone through John chapter 14 so far over the past five to six weeks, we have seen some important truths at the beginning of the Upper Room Discourse. We have seen the disciples, afraid and fearful, reassured by the Lord Jesus Christ that he was coming back for them, that he was going to heaven to prepare a place for them, and that they, being his believing disciples, would be one day with him in heaven. We've seen the critical statement that Jesus makes about him being the way, the truth and the life. And that was in response to the uncertainty of the disciples, the uncertainty of Thomas in particular. We've then seen uh, Jesus deal with the inquisitiveness and, the, and the, the inquiring mind of Philip. And then last time we saw the important lesson of how we are to pray big, how we are to trust the Lord Jesus Christ with our needs, with our wants and our desires, when they align with the desire to serve the Lord, when they align with the desire to give the glory to the Father in heaven. And with these things in mind, we approach verse 15. Jesus continues talking to the disciples, having just asked them to pray big and to pray specifically for things that bring glory to the Father. Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commandments. Ask any dating expert, any relationship guru, any workplace culture champion, and they will tell you that one of the most important skills in relationships, in the workplace, in friendships, is listening. It's the ability to listen, it's the ability to take on board what is being said and then to act on it appropriately. You see, if you listen well to your wife when it comes to her birthday, you'll be able to get her a birthday gift which brings her joy. If you listen to your boss giving you specific instructions about how to do something at work, you'll be able to do that task effectively and you'll, you'll be given a thumbs up and a well done from your boss. If you listen to somebody in a time of distress, you'll be able to respond appropriately and be able to meet them where their need is. But if we don't listen, if we don't take on board what is being said and then turn that round and turn it into action, we often end up in a whole host of trouble. Not just us, by the way, but those around us. Remember our context. Jesus has just said to the disciples that they could ask him anything if it brought the Father glory. And this access is powered by Christ's love for us. And it's his love that draws us to himself. 
drawing guilty sinners to himself for the first time, and equally drawing disciples who've been walking many years with Jesus back to the fount of knowledge, back to the fount of living waters, which is the Lord. We're on a firm foundation in him, and it's all centred in his love. The theme of God's love is really, really important throughout John's writings. And how believers respond in light of that love is a really important theme through the Gospel of John and also in the book of 1 John, which is a very deep dive into how believing disciples are to have fellowship with the Lord and with each other. You see, Jesus wants us to have a love for him, which is always in response and in light of his love for us. John, uh, 1 John 4, 16-21 uh, gives us a really good insight into that. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. If someone uh, says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see. How can we love God who we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. This passage of scripture is dynamite for a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is essentially saying to live in him is to live a life of love. Love for God and love for neighbour. It's a life that is characterised by the fragrance of the Lord Jesus Christ. Such a life should have no fear. Such a life has no fear of standing before the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ where we'll be rewarded for our faithfulness to him because we've done everything the Lord has asked us to do in this life as a disciple if we have loved God and loved our neighbour and that we love him because he first loved us. And this confirms to us that our love for God and indeed our love for our neighbours all stems from our security in the knowledge that we are loved by God, that Jesus Christ died for us because he loved us and continues to love us and that we can live in the light of that love and indeed forgive others in the light of that love because his love never changes. His love never fails. He sees you this evening and he loves you. No matter your circumstances, no matter your failures, no matter your sins, he loves you. He came, on, he came to this earth to die on a cross for you. If we love God, we're going to be listening out for his word. We're going to be taking in what he has to say to us. And we're going to be treasuring it, aren't we? We're going to see it as precious gold, precious silver in our, in our lives. And we're going to want to hide it and take it on board and live in the light of it. And it's going to blow our minds and indeed transform the way that we think and act on a day by day basis. 
But how exactly do we please the Lord? If you love me, obey my commandments, is what he says in verse 15. How exactly do we live in the light of this truth? How exactly do we live a life that pleases the Lord and indeed shows our love for him? Well, there's an important distinction to make, I think, uh, this evening. And indeed, this, this verse brings it out really clearly. It is impossible, remembering the rest of the Bible for a second, it is impossible to approach God and to be counted as righteous on our own. We cannot please God on our own. We cannot please God by approaching him and saying, in my own strength, in my own works, I'm going to please you. Because the answer will be no. We cannot and we are not capable of standing before a righteous and holy God as a sinner on our own merit. Because we are his enemies if we stand there on our own merit. Because mankind has fallen. Mankind is not holy. It is unholy. It is unrighteous. And as Isaiah 64 says, our deeds are but filthy rags in comparison to the Lord's holiness. Romans 5.10 in the New King James Version, which is a slightly better translation of this verse uh, in this particular occasion. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Notice what Romans says. We, are, we were his enemies. Romans 3.10-12, as the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good. Not a single one. So we're his enemies if, we do, if we're not believers in Christ. And we are not righteous. And then Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Making the point that works are useless when we approach the Lord for salvation. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so no one can boast about it. You see, the good news of the gospel is that when we believe, not when we do, when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are forgiven of our sins. We are cleansed of the guilt that our sin brings to us. When we put our exclusive and whole trust in him, and then he brings new life. He causes us to be born again. He fills us with his spirit. And not only that, Christ gives us his perfect record. So when the father looks at us, he sees his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, as a result of that, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ is always pleasing to the father in this particular sense. Because when the father sees us, he sees Jesus. He sees Jesus' perfect record. And he says, that record is sufficient. We have been reconciled to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5.10 said it clearly. And then 2 Corinthians 5.21, again, in the New King James Version. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Okay, so we have a clear picture that the believer in Jesus Christ, when they are born again, when they are forgiven, when they are justified, is pleasing to the Father in a, in a positional sense in Jesus Christ. But there is another way 
in which we can please the Lord, another way in which we can love the Lord with our lives, and that is the day-to-day living out of our faith before him. Living in the position of Christ, we can then use that gift that God has given us, our salvation, that new life, the filling of the Spirit, to then serve him, to then do the works he's called us to do, as we covered a few weeks ago. We can indeed please the Lord by living a life that brings him glory every day, that puts him first every day, that has fellowship with him every day. We can listen to his voice and follow. We can hear what he's calling us to do and to go and do it. But it's important to make that distinction because we can never make the Lord pleased with us in our own merit. We, must, we can only live lives that are pleasing to Jesus in Christ and through what Christ has done. And indeed, continuing to be living in the power of Christ in our life. We're not just born again into a position where we are justified. We can then walk in fellowship with the Lord and continue to please him. Why do I make a big deal about this? Well, John 14, 15 gives us some very specific clues as to why we need to talk about this. First of all, the word for love is in the present tense, meaning Jesus is discussing day-to-day, moment-by-moment love for him, not a love that came when we first believed. This is important Because it isn't talking about justification. It isn't talking about that moment that we were born again. It's talking about our fellowship. It's talking about our love for him day by day as we walk the road that he calls us to walk. The question this evening is, are we abiding in him? Are we listening out for him and him telling us what to do? Are we reading his word and seeing what he's asked us to do in his commandments? And then are we loving him by obeying? The second thing that's equally critical here is the word for obey is in the future tense, not the present tense. So you can't say that our obedience leads to love. You can only say our love for the Lord stimulates and motivates our obedience to him. You see, you do what the Lord asks you to do because you love him, because you're grateful for what he's done for you. Not to try and make the Lord pleased with you. That's important. Our obedience to Jesus, our listening to him and doing what he's called us to do, ultimately comes from knowing him. It comes from knowing his character, from knowing who he is and what he has done. And that's why it's really, really important that we spend time with him, that we open his word, that we pray to him, that we worship him in spirit and in truth. Because if we don't worship him in spirit and in truth, we have a superficial knowledge of him. And that superficial knowledge of him will not lead us to listen and indeed will not lead us to love him as he wants to be loved. It is no coincidence that throughout scripture, our relationship with Jesus as the church is likened and described as a marriage. The more you spend time with your spouse, the more you spend time with your bride, the more you know them and the more you know how to please them. And in the same way, 
the more we spend time with Jesus, the more we listen to him, the more we grow in our love for him, the more we will walk in his ways. These things are further explained to us again in 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 to 6. Again this evening using the New King James Version with these verses because again the translation is slightly clearer. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, true the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought to himself also walk just as he walked. And again, 1 John 5, 3, but from a slightly different perspective. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. In 1 John, John is talking to believers who are struggling to understand what it means to fellowship with the Lord and how that fellowship transforms their day-to-day lives and experience in their thinking. And it was written in the early 90s AD when particular false doctrines were coming into the church to try and change the way the believers thought about Jesus. And indeed, it was called Gnosticism. 1 John was written to tackle Gnosticism. It was written to remind believers that they were in a living day-by-day relationship with their saviour. And notice what 1 John says. It looks very much, doesn't it, like the upper room discourse. And in fact, you can imagine for a second John sitting there, listening to the Holy Spirit as he's writing 1 John, and having this vision of the upper room discourse, this vision of the Last Supper that Jesus had, and him explaining more fully all that he has learned as a consequence of following Jesus after that moment to the church in a letter. What does 1 John 2 say about our relationship and indeed our fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, notice the word know, as in knowledge, know, appears three times. And in the English, you wouldn't notice that that word actually is slightly different on those three separate occasions. It just reads no, no, no. But the first use of the word no is in a different tense to the second and the third use of the word no. The first use of the word no is again in the present tense and is describing what we experience on a day-by-day basis. A sort of what is re- what is a reality right now understanding of the word. But the second and the third no's are in the perfect tense, which according to a very um, excellent Greek scholar called Bouquet, intensifies the meaning of the word to such an extent whereby it has a different quality. And therefore, a much more accurate way of translating this verse is, now by this we know, that's the first no, that we know him deeply or intimately if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him deeply or intimately and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. And this means this verse from John 14, 15 linked into 1 John 2 is not necessarily talking about 
saving faith. It's talking about our day-to-day -day walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you love me, if you know me deeply, you will be following my commandments. You'll be doing the things I have called you to do. And you'll be obeying me as you walk life along the narrow way. You see, Jesus Christ shows us the benefits of knowing him deeply, of walking with him intimately and spending time with him. Because in John 2 verse 5, he says, But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God, is perfected in him. And again in John 14, 21, which um, we may get to uh, in a few weeks' time, says, Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. Okay, we, we've seen that. And because they love me, my father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. What does it mean exactly to have the love of God perfected in us? Surely God's love is already perfect, uh, you might suggest. Well, imagine for a second uh, a married couple. Imagine they've never met before and it's the first time they meet. And they're at the stages of just asking those tentative questions that people ask when they start to meet somebody for the first time. They need to spend a lot of time getting to know each other, a lot of time asking questions, a lot of time listening to each other before their love can begin to grow. And indeed, before the marriage can eventually become a success. Certainly, if they, if they, when they met for the first time, they'd shared every secret they ever had, every, you know, foible, every problem <clears throat> they have. The other person may have just been scared off and ran away. You see, relationships take time to develop. They take time to mature. A believer in Jesus Christ who is born again cannot be expected on day one to behave like a believer who is mature in the Lord and has been a believer for 30 years because it takes time to grow in your discipleship, time to grow in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, time to learn those difficult lessons perhaps that we learn when things go wrong. But if we spend time with the Lord, if we increase in our knowledge of the Lord from his word, if we listen to him from the word and in prayer, if we walk in obedience, then God's love is perfected in us. It grows in us. And indeed, the Lord shows more and more of himself and he reveals himself more and more to us as we draw near to him. And when it says the word obey in this verse, it really means to treasure. Those who love the Lord, obey my commandments, can also read, those who love the Lord, treasure, protect, live in the light of, make the entire focus of their life, his commandments. You don't just know that you need to reach people with the love of God and the gospel message, you treasure the gospel message, and you go and show people why the gospel message matters. You see, you may have come to Christ at a young age. You may have believed in him and you may have believed everything that you need to believe to be saved. That you were a sinner, that you needed a, a saviour, that you needed Christ alone. But after a while, <clears throat> after some compromises, after the world became enticing, you lost your first love, you lost your fire for the Lord. And now you're wondering, am I even saved? Because I don't really obey his commandments. 
I do sometimes, I do other times. If that is you, the first question is, did you believe? And if you did believe in the Lord Jesus Christ when you were younger, then you are born again. The question then becomes, why are you not following his commandments? It's because you're not spending time with him. You're not loving him the way that he wants to be loved. Remember, Jesus' love language is obedience. And it stems from spending time with him and drawing close to him and asking him to show you the way you should walk. John 3.16 shows us that it is believing on the Lord Jesus Christ alone that saves us. I say this every time, but it's such an important verse. John 3.16, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his only, his one only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. If you have believed, you have eternal life. The question though this evening is how are we walking in the light of the gift of salvation? How are we walking in our lives as a result of being born again? Do we do what the Lord calls us to do, or do we do our own thing? Have we lost our first love? And didn't John write about that in Revelation 2 when talking to the Ephesian church? Revelation 2, 4 to 5. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you first did. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. And of course, if you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from among its places in the church. If you love me, obey my commandments is a clarion call, is a, is, a, is a very important verse to take on board this evening. Because it's not only reassuring to those who know the Lord Jesus Christ, but it is a challenge. It is a challenge to walk in obedience. It's a challenge to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. It is not a test of your justification of you being born again or not. But it is very much a test, very much a reminder that Jesus Christ wants us to walk in obedience. He wants us to love him the way that he is called to be loved, which is in obedience. And how do we obey? We obey by abiding. We obey by saying, Lord, I can't do this on my own, but you can do it. You can do it in me. I just need to surrender. That is a critical, a critical point of being a disciple, surrender. When you realise your life is not your own, but it is the Lord Jesus Christ to use as he sees fit. When you realise that, when you accept that, when you say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. I have messed up so many times despite being a believer. He will draw close to you and he will start to show you what it means to follow him day by day. Of course, if we have messed up, we've got 1 John 1 verse 9 to go back to. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. A spiritual A&E verse, if you like, when we mess up and, you know, I mess up every day and I have to go back every day to the Lord and say, I'm sorry, I messed up. But love and obey, very much like trust and obey, love and obey, are intimately linked together in this passage. And it is my hope and my prayer this evening that as we round off this study, that you will see the importance of loving Jesus the way that he calls to be loved, 
which is to obey his commandments, to treasure his commandments, to treasure his presence in your life and to live in a way that gives him glory every day. 2 Corinthians 5.14 is a perfect summary to this verse. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. Our old life, guys, is done if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a new life that we need to live in, an eternal life that we have been called to walk in by Christ's grace, by the Lord's grace in our lives. Let us start doing that this evening. Let us start seeing him for who he truly is which is the Lord of our lives. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word this evening. Help us to apply it. Help us to be challenged by it. Help us, Lord, to see the truth that obedience is the way that you want to be obeyed and loved. And help us, Lord, to do that this evening. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great night. Take care.